welcome back to another podcast i'm armando toscano and i'm with vox atl and i'm with caitlin highland and we are doing a project on teens being involved with social media that's great and what that falls on is um my part of being the pod and doing the podcast mm-hmm. is doing um like political like um and you were with stacy during the pop like yeah yes i worked with stacy abrams that's great for the you were the like the manager for social media so i served as her press secretary so i managed her uh, media relationships but at the beginning of the campaign when we had a very small staff i also managed her social media and then after the campaign i did for about um four or five months as well okay cool um but so one of my questions actually was about that once stacy's tweet like twitter um blew up mm-hmm. how did you manage like how did you were there teams to like for that for the to tweet things out like how did you manage a a whole team Mm -hmm. were there teams (laughs) yes so we had a very robust digital team so they handled a couple of different things uh email fundraising but also our her social media platforms she had a facebook uh twitter and an instagram and they worked on all of those platforms to reach as many audiences as they possibly could it ended up being a team of about eight or nine people so it was big And we had people who were dedicated to going out on the road and taking pictures and video. We had people who were dedicated to sitting in the office actually writing the copy. Uh, Stacey Abrams also likes to tweet herself a lot, so some Mm -hmm. of our content would come directly from her. But as she got busier, of course, that became less uh, less of a regular occurrence. And then we had all of this that was led by our digital director, who was a woman named Mia Adahin. And um, it was a, a really great team. They did a lot of wonderful work through her social media platforms and uh, made sure that as many people as possible could see what she was up to. Well, that's great. And speaking of, like, social media and all that kind of stuff, how did you dodge, like, were there trolls? Like, not trolls, but, like, lots of hate towards Stacey, leader Stacey. Yeah, anyone who has a high public profile is going to face trolls. I have one dedicated to me, uh, which is silly, um, but there's also a few other. Uh, she had you know, many dedicated to, to following her around. You just ignore them. Um, don't engage. I would say the only time it becomes an issue is if uh, your followers are getting, the ones who actually like you, are feeling discouraged. Um, and so you just give them something else to be encouraged by. You're, you're running a campaign in the case of uh, Leader Abrams, and so you have... So much content from the roads. If people excited about you, you have policy proposals you're putting out, debates that you're doing well in. There's a lot to give people to be hopeful, even if the people in the comments are uh, trying to drag you down. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, also, how did you know when to tweet? Like, when was the right moment? How did you did you guys ever recheck the tweet before sending it out? Like, how did it work? Yeah. So our digital team paid attention to when posts would perform really well. Um, I want to say they saw that Sunday evenings were a good time. Mornings when people are sort of getting ready for the day, checking Facebook, etc. Um, lunch breaks might have been better than you know 3 p.m. for example. Although some people get that 3 p.m. slump and want to check their phones too. <laughs> Um, but so they would ch- track those metrics to see when they thought things would go well. And then the other thing was just being timely. If there's breaking news, you don't want to wait until Sunday at 6 p.m. to talk about it if it's happening right now. And so making sure that you could be responding as quickly as possible was really important to the team. Mm-hmm. Also, were there ever tweets or promotions out there to um, to grab teens' attention for young voters out there? Yes. So the digital director was very uh, invested in Instagram, which I think is a lot of the older teens on it in particular, uh, because we knew that that's where the young people were. That's where college kids are, people who are just now registering to vote. And so I would say just about anything we posted on there, we assumed would be 
largely consumed by teenagers. Um, but there were other uh, things as well. We did a lot of educational content. Um, and when I say educational, I mean that in two ways. I mean content focused on education, but also content uh, meant to inform people. And so a lot of that would be geared towards younger audiences who might be interested in learning the political process. Okay, cool. Um, well, I mean, what was the best part of your job during the campaign? Oh, for me, I think it was seeing all of Georgia. Um, I grew up here and uh, hadn't really been many places except for sort of the usual suspects of, you know, Atlanta, Savannah, etc. Um, but when we were in Dalton, for example, a place that I'd probably driven past before, I was amazed at how energized and excited people were for this candidate. Mm. And uh, I remember going to a place called Cordial, which most people probably haven't heard of, um, and seeing just a pretty big crowd for her on a hot weekday afternoon mm. and just being really excited about the enthusiasm that I had seen. Yeah, I've seen, I follow uh, Stacy since the beginning. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad her. to hear that. Yeah, I love Stacy and everything. And I seen pictures, and that's a lot of people I showed up. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, so did you travel with her all the time, or was it just part time? Like, how did it work? I was usually with her uh, almost all of the time. I had towards the end someone who came in to sort of pinch hit when I needed to be in the office mm -hmm. uh, for work, but uh, I was with her, you know, at least three quarters of the time she was on the road throughout the campaign, I would say. And it was just really great to see how people received her. Since my job was to work with the press, it was great to see how enthusiastic the press was. And then when I was running our social media accounts, it was really exciting to see how many people wanted to chime in. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we did was, you know, have people hold signs saying why they wanted a better Georgia. And people, even at the beginning of the campaign, before we thought we would really have much traction, people were excited for a better future, and that was really great to see. That's great. Um, well, so I also have Jenny here. Yes. Hi. Hi, Jenny. So, uh, Jenny, I brought Jenny in because I also have questions as it coming from a teen eye and mm -hmm. coming from, like, what a teen thinks about politics. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just wanted to let, I just wanted to ask her some questions mm -hmm. and see what you think about them. So, that's cool with you. That sounds great. All right. So, question one. Well, there's many questions. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going by yeah. number. But, um, coming from a teen, what's your view as a teen using social media? In other words, is social media a big part of teens? I would say it varies from like teen to teen because, you know, some kid might not use social media at all and some kid might use it because that's their life. I'm saying like for maybe for me, I use it a lot. Like I'm probably on Instagram more than I'm like actually just like on other apps. Mm. I do use it a lot, but I know there are boundaries and I know like I gotta not do it all the time. But I think it just varies from teen to teen. Yeah, bouncing off what she just said. Uh, you said that many teens use Instagram when, mm -hmm. while pro prom promoting <laughs> Stacy's mm -hmm. uh, uh, leader Stacy's uh, um, Instagram and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. to target teens. So that was that's actually yeah you guys were right about that. Good. <laughs> so because I use I mostly use Instagram and Snapchat more than mm -hmm. uh, Twitter and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, from both of your perspectives, mm -hmm. oh, okay, actually no, Ryan, um, this is more a political than just um, the questions right now I'm asking, but I just want to know what you guys are thinking about this. Well, from both of your perspective, how do you feel about the new heartbeat bill? Uh, will it be beneficial? What do you think will happen in 10 years from now? Well, I'm pro-choice, so I don't think it's a good bill, uh, and I hope that but I hope that people don't give up on Georgia just because of this. I think there's now been this tendency to say, oh, well, Georgia's a lost cause. We need to leave Georgia. We shouldn't invest in it anymore. And I think the opposite is true. I think that with what you honestly saw during the 2018 election is with a lot of investment, Georgia can be a better state. 
Um, and so I hope that people don't leave us behind. But it's definitely Agreed. not a good bill. Agree. Um, I think it's kind of terrible. Like, the government should not be able to choose what women do to their bodies. It's actually disgusting, and it feels like something out of, like, a dystopia. I think people are leaving Georgia because of that, and I hope that won't ruin Georgia because someone who's really, in, as someone who really is interested in, like, the film industry, it said that Georgia is going to be the next Hollywood, and I really don't want that to end. Mm-hmm. All right, so what will you, you think happened in 10 years? Like, what's your thoughts of happening in 10 years? I think the state is becoming more progressive. I definitely saw that on the road in 2018, um, but even before then, you could sort of see trends just by looking at the numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a voter suppression issue in Georgia. Um, When I was working with Leader Abrams during and after the campaign, we talked about that a lot. Um, And so the next steps are just to make sure that we can end that voter suppression, and her new organization has a lawsuit out um, to, to fix a lot of the problems that we saw in 2018 and beyond. Um, and then I think if we can manage to do that, and even if we can't, with a ton of great hard work, we can see uh, a more progressive state. Yeah, yeah, totally. I just think it starts very, really, it might start off like really, really small, but it's going to get really bigger. And right now, it might seem that progressive community is very small, but I think it's going to get really, really big. And in 10 years, I think Georgia will be a blue state. Recently, uh, Stacy talked about on her Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. or she re- uh, retweeted saying mm-hmm. that. Um, about her going to Hollywood, or she already went to Hollywood. Yes, I, she went to Hollywood a couple she, weeks ago. Okay, yeah, she went to Hollywood, and she was talking about how um, the governor didn't want to talk to any filmmakers in Georgia mm-hmm. that are filming here, like mm-hmm. Warner Media, uh, NBC, uh, mm-hmm. ABC. I mean, the Disney Corporation. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see what your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we talked about with the heartbeat bill and what you were saying about wanting to work in the film industry one day. We've been very lucky in Georgia because so much of the growth from the film industry has benefited local workers and local businesses. I remember during the campaign talking to a cafe that had been doing pretty well, but after the film tax credits ended up doing so much better because they would cater to to Mm -hmm. productions. And so the issue here is that I think people think that Hollywood is a bunch of or the, the film industry in Georgia is a bunch of Hollywood execs flying in and flying out. Now, they're the decision makers, so they're important, yeah. just like she recognizes. But who is hurt the most if they leave isn't the execs. They'll just find another place to film their movie. It's the right. people here in Georgia. Exactly, because that's what also the video was talking about. Mm-hmm. Just like there's so many jobs here that they can lose if one corporation leaves. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Warner Media. It's based mm-hmm. here in Atlanta. Exactly. So if they leave, well, if they leave their filming industry it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be lots of jobs are gonna be lost it would be a shame definitely it would be a shame, yes um but yeah there's so many filming going around atlanta like mm-hmm. my house I, I live actually recently for about the past week or now mm-hmm. there's filming at my old middle school so i was like what's going on so it's it's crazy filming but yeah. yeah i went to a movie over thanksgiving and realized that it was filmed right outside of the campaign office and i had remembered when they were filming there but you know i'd forgotten once i went to the movie that that's what was filmed because it was on a street that they filmed frequently so i was sitting there and i said i know that building and then i knew the next one and the next one and it was yeah. because it was right there you like, know there's so many movies that i that like i can relate to mm-hmm. um i can't think about the moment but yes there's so many like 
Fast and Furious, for example. <laughs> Fast and Furious, like, they're going down a tunnel, and you can just see, I'm like, wait, that looks so familiar. Like, <laughs> I'm like, my mom's like, yeah, that's filmed in Atlanta. And I'm like, oh, that's right. That's so, funny. yeah, like, also the Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got like, filmed near my house, like, their cabin. Yeah. That's, oh, like, that's near my neat. house. It's, and then I didn't, I knew it was all filmed in uh, Georgia. Cause yeah. At the end credits, you see Georgia. So, <laughs> I mean, if we lose all those, that's going to be just heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. So, bef- days before the registration day, you guys sent out messages. How did you guys do that when, uh, like, how did, you, how did you guys do that? Do you mean text messages? Like, text messages, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, uh, no, vote for Stacy and, and all kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So, there is uh, some two things. There's something called the voter file and there's something called hustle. And the voter file uh, includes voter registration is publicly available information and so it includes as much information as you give so for some people that includes cell phones um, and there is a way to message them with information like tomorrow's registration day or tomorrow's the deadline etc um there i'm not to be entirely honest 100 percent sure that that's how we do that the other option that we had was when people signed up on our website they could also give their cell phone number and we could send it to those people i am not entirely sure which one of those we did um, but those are the options <laughs> okay cool um so like did you oh, okay i gotta look for another question um so oh yeah so how did you get involved with the campaign i was very lucky so i was actually working in dc at the time at an organization called emily's list and uh, Leader Abrams had been one of their rising stars a couple of years before, and soon after that, the woman who had been my initial boss was, uh, she left to go work for Leader Abrams uh, during her time as the House Minority Leader. Uh, after the 2016 election, I wanted to leave D.C. I had seen that Georgia had performed better than I would have hoped as far as Democratic performance in 2016, and so I called up my old boss and I asked her if anyone was hiring. And thankfully, she was. And so I started working for her uh, in early February of 2017. And then once the campaign started, I moved over to the campaign. Mm -hmm. So I talked about meeting, I met Stacey Abrams at the airport. And um, how was it just being with her? Like, was she nice, fun? Oh, my gosh. She's so nice. Um, She's very funny. She uh, is obsessed with pop culture. So she really loves Star Trek and The Good Place and about a million other TV shows. She likes to talk about those a lot. Um, And she's just very kind, the kind of person who will make sure that um, you're safe when you get in your car if you're walking from her house at night. She lives in a very safe area, so that's unnecessary. (laughs) Um, But she's she's a wonderful boss. And she's also brilliant, which made my life a lot easier because I barely had to prepare her or tell her you know oh if you could fix this the next time that would be great a lot of people in my position that's basically 95 percent of their job and for me it was more like five percent which is impressive (laughs) that's great yeah because um i met her she was really nice she was like because i was like because what happened was we were in the immigration line because i was coming back from costa rica oh nice so 
I didn't know. I was just like on my phone and whatnot. And then I just hear, thank you so much for your service. And I'm like, wait, that's, I look behind me and I just see Stacey Abrams just shaking someone's hand. And I'm like, wait, is that who I think it is? <laughs> and she turns around and I'm like, she was like right behind me too. And I'm like, oh, Stacey Abrams, you're Stacey Abrams. She's like, yes. And I'm like, I started freaking out. Like I started <laughs> blushing. I started like freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I followed you. Like you were my number one. Like I just, I absolutely love you. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And then I was so nervous. Like she's like, you want to take a picture? And I was like, this. Uh, and then she's like, you, you don't have to say, you don't have to say yes. You can just say no. And I'm like, yes. So I took a picture with her. So that was pretty cool. That's funny. There are a lot of people in Georgia walking around with airport selfies with her, I think. <laughs> yeah but yeah overall uh stacy was super stacy is really nice i just absolutely love her i'm but, glad to hear um, that just, uh, i think my mom like remembers meeting her one day or just like oh. from something and i think she was like oh she's just been so nice and kind it's true yeah that's great well i'm glad that you all had good experiences too On the start of the project, my question I gave in for one of the, from the beginning of the project, I said that, do are teens more into politics than 20 years ago? So we're talking about like the 2000s, uh, the 1990s, around that era. Do you think that they were more like, like what about now, like compared to now, do you think they're more political? I think so. I was very young then, so I don't have a strong memory of those times, but I think that you've seen over the course of, you know, the last decade, or not decade, century, waves of times when people are particularly engaged, including young people, and I absolutely think now is one of those times. You're seeing it in the fight to end gun violence, you're seeing it in the fight to end police brutality, lots of other issues, climate change, definitely, um, and it seems like it's not just that there are more teens that are excited, but because of social media, they have social a better media. platform to really yeah. get that message out. So that's what's mostly causing about all this uh, new um, new voters out there actually voting now because of social media and mm -hmm. what the message, mm -hmm. many messages are being spread because of politics and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's pretty, it's really, it's really, it's really cool. But also um, another question is, um dreamers mm -hmm. you know there's lots of dreamers here in atlanta georgia mm -hmm. or Absolutely. actually georgia in general mm -hmm. um i just want to know what your opinions are about the dreamers and our you know our governor president wants to take them away <laughs> I just want to let, what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, uh, I absolutely support our dreamers' rights to stay in Georgia, to go to our schools, uh, to get a lot of the benefits uh, that they have often been able to receive, but a lot of that is up in the air right now, unfortunately. Um, and so I, I hope that we can find a good solution at the federal level. I hope that that solution does not involve building a wall. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, these are people who, they're young, they're bright, they're excited to be here, and we should support that and be excited. I feel like the dreamers definitely do need to stay here because it's not like they're causing any harm to anyone. They're mm -hmm. small children. And I believe they do need the same rights as us because other countries where they're coming from, there's gangs, there's violence, and they're coming here to escape all of that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they need that here in America. 
and they just deserve that right yeah it's crazy now that our president or many other people out there conservatives they think that um they just think that all dreamers are latin Mm-hmm. when it's not true yeah i mean you can meet somebody from like where you can meet somebody from europe that's a dreamer i mean it's, it's, it's well it's a possibilities but yeah i mean the majority of latins are dreamers mm-hmm. but um but that's just it's crazy to me <laughs> coming from a latin because yes. i'm i'm um, hispanic so i think that's just crazy to me but absolutely well thank you so much for your time of course thank you all for having me on it's great work you all are doing here 